Welcome back to the Nick Wilkie Project. I'm Nick. It's just a podcast with regular people, everyday conversations. Let's get it. I know you when I touch my plate. I keep my trust in the team. You keep your trust in the grain. You keep your head in the clouds. I keep my ear to the streets. I don't forget where I came from. I don't forget all that I know. You just got caught in the pillow top. Trust me, I've been there before. They just want to see me lose what I got. Hey guys, welcome. That's one of the tracks from uh, my friend Andrew's album that's coming out soon. Soon, right? Yeah, pretty soon, like uh, January. January? And uh, yeah, he's going to be on the podcast with us today. Um, Andrew's been super influential, at least in getting this podcast like visioned, storyboarded, like planned, whatever you want to call it. So I'm super stoked to have him on. Guarantee this isn't the last time you're on. And I guarantee we'll do definitely a bunch more podcasts together. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, tell us about uh, tell us about your album that's dropping, and um, if you don't mind telling us about a little, little background. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, first off, excited to be here. It's gonna be really fun. Um, every time we get together, it's awesome, and it's this has actually helped my creative experience. So one thing that I really appreciate is being able to talk about it on a platform like this and kind of filter things out because you know when you get an idea sometimes you have to hear it out loud and then kind of go from there yeah it's nice to be able to like uh my personality i like being able to talk through things right so even if like like the way i'm an external processor okay so super important for me to be able to like just talk to people about whatever situation to either affirm or to like say whether i should do something or shouldn't oh yeah Um, yeah okay so man where did it all begin you know, well, I've been doing music for a long time. I really have been uh, kind of trying to refine producing and rapping and things like that. And I can't really say I'm a rapper, but I do like to make music. That's it. And so this album is really the emergence of me doing everything myself. Because before when I was doing music, uh, I would have YouTube beats or like I'd have, I would not have a lot in the musical process. I would just be like, making a song and they didn't really sound that great some of them came out okay but I wasn't really in it right yeah yeah, yeah. but I met a producer who I'm sure you'll talk to as well um, Ozzy and it kind of just started to click that I could finally be with someone and talking to someone who had that production aspect and I have the lyrical aspect and we do everything together so you're that, that's dope by the way um, it's kind of cool like I feel like at least I know so little about music production and all those things. I know though that like there's some people that have a passion to be like quote I, you know I, I see the pr- person that's like doing the producing, and this is I'm just giving you like the raw like maybe f- fan type of person, behind the scenes kind of guy, right? Producer you don't hear their voice necess- usually. I mean sometimes you do, but uh, usually the person that is like actually singing or doing the lyrics is kind of like front and center. Mm-hmm. So it's just interesting to be able to uh, actually find someone and just hear about that like collaboration between someone that has a passion for producing and then someone that has a passion for what would you call yourself a, a lyricist? How do you say it? did I say that right? Lyricist? Uh, I don't poet? know, man. I don't no, know. Definitely I mean, not a poet. No? I would say just an artist. Artist, right on. I would say an artist and a musician. That's it. I mean, I think that for me, if someone else wanted to do vocals with anything that I did, I would be okay with that. Right, right, right. right. A, a rapper would not, I would say. Okay. So for me, it's it's about the collaboration and it's about just creating something and whatever you don't have. If you think about it, like, to me, I feel like art is a essence of creating something that you don't have or finding a way to do something that you otherwise wouldn't be able to, right? Like, if you think of a painter, maybe they have a poor... Uh, they, they don't see very well or they have uh, a problem seeing colors or something like that, right? So they create in their own way something that is so unique based off of their, perspe- their perspective, what they have and what they don't have. And huh. for me, it's the same thing. Like, I don't have a huge studio. I mean, you've been to the studio. You've seen it. Um, you know, it's just me and, and Ozzy and we're making this music with everything that we know. 
and it's through our lens and I think that's what makes it unique and that's the artistry more so than I'm a rapper and I got some stuff to say yeah yeah and for me it's bigger than that and I know for him it's bigger than that too it's like that uh, it's a creative outlet essentially yeah, right it's like it's like externalizing what's going on on the internal or or something like that right that's that's art in and of itself regardless yeah. of if it's rap or painting or dancing whatever it may be tangent okay dude i, I was uh, at the dentist today and uh dude so i go into the dentist um and i'm getting my teeth cleaned and the, the front desk lady like says oh you here for your appointment you know the whole thing and she made me update some medical information and stuff and then she's like, all right, are you ready? And I look at her and I was like, yeah, that's the first thing I thought when I woke up is I can't wait to get my teeth cleaned at 9 a.m. <laughs> and then she like definitely was like, did not like no, that. she did not yeah. like that. And she's like, well, you could have been here at 6 a.m. when we open. I was Dang. like, yeah. And I just like made some offhanded comment of like, well, I had to like drop off my kid at daycare. So I could, sorry, I couldn't be there at 6 a.m. But I didn't know, I, I thought it was like common ground of like, uh, no one likes going to the dentist. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, 100%. I know there's people, they don't like being uh, teeth drilled and, like, they don't, like, like it. Yep, I don't like it. And then there's people that will not go because they, like, are afraid. True. But sure. I, I guess I'm just saying I don't like going to the dentist. I'm not getting joy out of having their hand in my mouth and asking me a bunch of questions. You ever have that happen? You know what's funny is the moment that you said dentist, I was thinking about my own experience. Kind of similar. I'll, I'll answer your question, but um, – you remember when we had that big hurricane? Yeah, yeah. So we were we were all huddled in my apartment, um, like kind of a third story loft style. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I swear it was silent. Right, there was no cars anywhere. Everyone was worried for this hurricane to hit. Yeah. There was no traffic. Like for once, all the sirens and the super loud mopeds stopped. All that stuff. But the only people to call me that whole three four day stretch was my dentist. Saying oh, that they were going to close early and reopen <laughs> as soon as the hurricane was over. That's it. Yeah. These people are dedicated to teeth, man. So maybe that's where it's at. Because, no, I don't like it either. <laughs> I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't yeah. like going to the dentist. I have never done that. But if you think of, like, uh, maybe the day jobs that we've had in the past, yeah. right? People always say that, right? Oh, I don't want to come visit you here, take time out of my day. Yeah. You know, maybe it's just one of those things where people have to get it out. Yeah. And everyone knows. Like, you know, like, I think of other jobs like uh, – DMV. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. guarantee you those people don't like going to the DMV, and everyone that they talk to is like, oh, man, I don't know why I have to wait so long. Why can't you guys get together? It's just understood. It's like that common ground of there's these places we all have to do. It's necessary evils. But we all, when we talk about that place, we can give negative experiences. Yeah. Everybody's had a negative experience at the dentist. So then what makes somebody motivated to work at these places? That's what I want to know. I don't know. Okay, yeah, so speaking of, that's so funny you mentioned that. My dentist, the doctor guy, comes in, and uh, he's going on about something. Oh, when I was in the army, like this and that or whatever. And then whatever, he like looks at my teeth and stuff, says we're good. And then he's like, do you have any questions for me? I'm like, I do. How do you go from army to being a dentist? Because I'm just like, what is I, – I guess – I think some people just have a, like some passion or a love or just this like they're intrigued about a certain thing. So they become a foot doctor or they become a hand doctor. Anyway, all he said was like – that he was um, always wanted to go and be a dentist, um, and he was in the military, and he was just doing that to do it. And as soon as he got out, he went to dentist school and became a dentist. But he didn't like really tell me exactly why he became a dentist. But I don't know. I don't know, man. Now here's the question: Would you rather lose your foot or your hand? I would rather lose my foot. Why? Um, hand. So foot, you can get a foot, right? You can. It's the foot does less than the hand. I'm picking up, grabbing things. Like, we touch a lot of things. All you do with your foot is walk. You're not making sandwiches with your foot, <laughs> right, generally. Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> so, definitely I'd rather lose my foot. But, so, okay, I guess I could see it. You can still do a lot of stuff with your hands. Yeah. If you had them. That makes a lot of sense. Even if you couldn't walk, I feel like you could do more with not walking than not handing. I don't know. Like, yeah. Would you say that? I yeah. mean, here's the thing. You can get a peg leg and still get by. Right, you can even throw a wheel on it and skate around if you want. <laughs> right, but you're not really putting a peg arm on. It's it's not useful. Useful. Yeah, no, fair enough. Unless you get like a sword arm, <laughs> or, like a, or like, dude, I would totally get one of those like metal hook things that have the clamp on it. Um, that you're are, talking about like the kid ones. It was like a dinosaur's head oh. back in the day, and they could grab like toys and stuff. That's a killer idea. That'd be tight. No, interchangeable I, heads. Have, have you seen people though with that hook hand, the metal? Yeah, it's scary. It could be the nicest person ever. 
but they take their hook thing out and you're like immediately afraid. I am. I don't know what it is. I don't know. I've never been afraid, but I do know what you say. Like it's, it means business. And it's always cold. Their hand is always cold. Yeah, I wonder why. Because <laughs> it's a metal steel hook. <laughs> All right, anyway, the tangent. That's not even the tangent. So as I'm laying in the chair in the dentist office, there's um, this show on Netflix. And I, the show was called, I was like, tried to make a point to remember the name of the show. It was something like Fame or Fraud, something like that. Okay. Anyway, the whole show of the episode I was watching, these people found this painting from like the 16th century, this Italian Venetian style painting in this church or something. And they had no idea where it was from, the people who like owned the painting, I guess, or who painted it or like how it got there. So I guess they hired these people to like uncover everything about the painting. And these people, I guess the show was about paintings. I think like painting. Sure. I didn't know the level of depth that goes into like Renaissance period paintings. It's unbelievably intricate and detailed and it's like it's just crazy to me and the whole reason I mentioned this we're talking about art and we're talking about like you know the internal and the external and all this stuff and here's what I found so intriguing to me okay it was this guy named uh, Francis Meziano or something like that I'm butchering the name I'm sure sure and uh, he apparently was studying under this other painter that was more that was kind of famous or whatever and he would do a similar style of like face and the painting it was really common i guess to do paintings of like jesus and like church kind of like scenes and things like that so he he would do his faces of mary magdalene very similar to the guy who was like he was studying under so they were really confused at maybe who's painting this really was um and they just go down this whole trail and all this and that but here's what was crazy okay when i think of of art I would think of doing something that you're like incredibly passionate about because doing this, these like oil paintings, have you ever seen a real oil painting? Yeah. Oh yeah. It's unbelievable how like, I just can't even comprehend how someone can do it. Like it's, it's next level stuff. Absolutely. Okay. So he did this painting of like all these people surrounded by holding Jesus after he like was crucified. He's like dead and they're like holding him in their arms and he's all, Jesus is all like limp armed and stuff like that. Um, so I'm just thinking, okay, this guy must be like super religious. Like you think that he would like really to paint some, and this painting was ginormous. Like it was, I mean, it's not ginormous in the sense like it's the size of a building, but you, you need two people to carry this thing. Yeah. It's oh, probably like yeah, five, absolutely. six foot wide by like eight foot tall or just something. I don't know. Something like that. Maybe, maybe I'm exaggerating. And, um, anyway, come to find out this guy was like the ladies man. And he had, like, many, many affairs going on. And he's, like, sleeping with all these women. And he's murdered by poisoning. And they think it was either, like, a husband of, you know, a wife that was, like, sleeping with this, like, painter um, or something like that. And it was just the whole thing is was so intriguing. I'm watching this as I'm getting my teeth cleaned. I realize in terms of, like, sophisticatedness, you know, I, I think of, like, oh, yeah, let's go – Let's go look at paintings and, um, and you know, go to the museum. And, you know, the people, they want to do that, right? They want to, like, go to the museum. For me, that's so high class to me. Like, I'm not even in that realm of people to even – anyway, so watching this thing made me realize how much of, like, a dirty bum that I really am when it comes to, like, sophisticated things. Oh, um, my gosh. But anyway, art. Sorry, huge tangent, but art. And it was just so, so interesting to see someone. And I guess for for maybe painting during those times, it wasn't so much about the expression of it. Like maybe this guy's not religious or whatever. But it was more about like the art of the art, if that makes any sense at all. Anyway, how does that relate to your music scene? (laughs) Uh, I mean, there's just so much to unpack there. But you know what was funny? Just another tangent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what this show's about. Just tangents, yeah. yeah. I don't even know what we were supposed to talk about, but you know what I think is funny? You you mentioned how the, the artist was studying uh, under another artist, so their art was kind of similar. It's interesting how, and maybe this is um, goes into like what art people appreciate more, but what I think is very crazy is that some people hate when a lot of art is similar, 
And then depending on the medium, some people love it or they celebrate those small nuances that are different. I'll give you an example, right? So like right now in a lot of hip hop, you may or may not know, but this like trap style, um, kind of auto-tuned voice a little bit, um, you know, interesting lyrical style. Maybe it's not old 90s hip hop. You know, it's the new hip hop. A lot of people don't like it. Yeah. And they say a lot of that stuff sounds the same, right? Oh, it sounds different. Like the guy's got a little different voice. Yeah, whatever. But it sounds different. It sounds different. And a lot of people are critical of that. Right. But like right. with a painting, right? Like it's exact ah. same thing. A lot of people of a certain era. Yeah, everyone's painting Jesus. Everyone's rocking the oil paintings. Uh, frames as heavy as you are. You know, like that was the style. Yeah, yeah. That 16th century Italian renaissance. Yeah. So what's what's wrong with a visual medium, or I guess what's different of a visual medium being similar and people celebrate the small differences? Because you're right, like for both of us lay people, like I've been to um, museums in Italy, France, London, and I've seen oh, all you, that stuff. Oh, you've been to these. Okay, yeah. No, but, yeah, but yeah, outside yeah. of that, right, I, don't, I still couldn't tell you, oh, this is different because of this unique brushstroke. And I'm sure a trained... Uh, I could no doubt about it so then that's celebrated but why is it not celebrated with art and a trained musician could say well this is different because of this this is different because of this right it's interesting how that works yeah that's a good that's a good point um, you think though the people that are saying that this like newer style of rap that maybe they're saying sounds similar are those people that like are in their 40s is it like just a group of like a lot of people that are saying it sounds the same do you think it's because they're just used to like 90s hip hop? So that's all they like. So anything outside of that sphere, they're not going to like. Yeah, you know, I think that's a good point. Um, but I also think that it's, you have to be open to, you know, listening to all types of stuff. You know, you, I've never met someone that like, maybe they read, right? Really, really old artistic medium. And they say, I will only read this type of book. I'll only read fantasy. I'll only read... Now you're just getting, though, into people. someone that's open-minded versus closed-minded. Uh, I don't know about that. Because right? you can be open-minded about music and just hate it because you don't understand it. Right? Think of how many people... Like, switch again, lenses, technology. Right? Someone could say, yeah, I love the new technology. But they always complain because, oh, well, it got harder. It got more complicated. I don't know this. Like, I like technology, but, you know, it's just getting too hard because they want something to stay the same. I think that you can be open-minded but not want change, and you can be closed-minded but will at least be willing to experience something, even if you are going to think it's negative or something like that. So where do you land then on like the new style of, like, good point, where do you land on like that new style of music then, that, that trap music, you know, kind of thing? Oh, I hate it. I like the 90s. <laughs> no, no, just kidding. Because that's, that's, um, that's me, kind of. I wouldn't say I hate the new trap music, but I definitely prefer 90s hip-hop. Or, like, early 2000s. I think it's hard. Yeah, me too. Like, there's artists, like, the first hip-hop artist I ever listened to was T.I. Right? That's <laughs> yeah, a yeah. little bit older, guaranteed. But I don't know. Like, I like the new style. I like the old style. I like it all because I can appreciate the differences. Even if stuff sounds the same, Yeah. I can still appreciate what an artist is doing differently. So you like the nuance of the music, essentially. Sure. Absolutely. I think that the biggest overall difference before you even listen to a note is tempo. 100% tempo. Um, I got a couple examples, too, that I can even show you that are, it changes the vibe. So it's not so much 90s or whatever. It's just like things are progressing, and they're changing constantly. And each place in time, musically at least, has its own unique mark and history, the same as any other type of art. Sweet. I, like, when you're, when you're talking about music and stuff, I know nothing. Just want to, like, let everyone know, like, when it comes to, like, Music production, creation, even like what's good music, what's bad music. I just am like, just like the art. I just am so, I feel super inadequate when it comes to that. But let's see what you got. Show me. Um, let me play some something. good music. Yeah. So, let's see here. What's a good? Okay, this is perfect. I really like this one. This one I took a sample from. I'll just show you some beats right now because we're we're trying to keep a lot of the album on lock. But uh. I took a sample of an old... Do you ever watch Twilight Zone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. An old Twilight Zone um, song, okay? It Bonus points if you know what it comes from as far as the episode, but this ah. is the sample. Sounds good. Come wander with me, love. Come wander Okay, so that's the sample. Very, very plain, 
but I liked how like dark and dissonant it was. Um, Interesting. Okay, this so is good. I'm, I'm excited. Okay, I'm gonna hit you with the uh, the whole song. Now. Soft, slow. With me. So is it? Away from this Come on. Okay. That's oh, good, shit. dude. I like it. But the thing that I want to talk about it here. It's 73 BPM, um, which is a little bit slower. And you can, there's definitely some fast parts, and there's definitely some parts that you can like kind of change. But this is kind of what I was talking about as far as the slow. Okay, so now you change that, and let's say I'll close this one up, and let's say I move to this one. This is 170. Okay, so a lot of times with trap music, you double the tempo, yeah. So that way you can get the the hats and a lot of other things to be faster, but you can still stretch your time out. So you can have a song that sounds really slow. But it's actually at like 140, 150. They've just stretched everything out so that, it, that you have a mixture of the fast and slow. Oh, right? nice. Stretch the notes out. So like this one definitely is faster, but you would never know it was 100 points faster. Again, more traffic. More modern, right? But still keeping an old sample. Is that the same sample? It's not the same sample. No, no, different sample. Is a, is a good bass line, um, but I think as well the hats and the rhythm are a lot more key. Whereas before the bass line and the, the drum and bass and that whole, that whole percussion section was a lot simpler, I would yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now they're so much more focused on each intricate hat. That's um, kind of cool. See, when you put it like that and bring more understanding to it, I think maybe, maybe that's myself, man. I just don't know those things. So maybe that could be part of like people's distaste for that. You know what I mean? If you don't understand, it's hard to appreciate it. That makes total sense. And I think now there's so much more ways to manipulate an individual sound than there was before that, yeah, things are going to sound more produced because there's just so much more to do. And I think that that's awesome. Like, this is the last thing that I'll show you. But this, I found this sample, and I'll show you all the different things that I did to it. Okay, so this is the untreated, just a basic sound bass that I really, really liked. Okay. This is like the formation of a beat in two minutes. Right, okay, right, let's see right. if I can do it. Okay, so I liked that. The things I don't like is how aggressive it is. So the first thing that I do is I add an EQ and I take off some of the high end. Oh, nice. Okay, so I add that out. But then to me, it, it loses a little bit of its crunch, a little bit of its like catch. So right. then I add something called a bit crusher, which is basically a wave distortion. It's like all of a sudden, it, yeah, you can tell something's different. And then the other thing that's great about like trap music and that kind of stuff is that they always rely or often rely on nuance, like these subtle little sounds that you hear versus like a consistent sound. So then right. I found this. songs that I played, but it mm. certainly sounds a little bit faster to some people, and it sounds, again, more trappy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just all about knowing the nuances that separate different people's music, even at face value, if it sounds the same. That's why you love it. It sounds like you... That's why I love it, man. Yeah. That's why I'm doing it. That's why I'm here. That's cool. So you do, like, do a lot of producing. 
Right, isn't that musical production, knowing the nuances of a certain bass in the song and knowing where to put it and when to start it and, you know... I would say I do musical production uh, to a fair amount because I get kind of my ideas out and I'm able to kind of start crafting a song. Um, but Ozzy is the one that really brings up that whole production and audio engineering side. Oh, so nice. like for me, if you if we want to take it back to the painting for a second, right? Like for me, all I do is I lay out the, the base paint, I guess, and I lay out the foundation and maybe I sketch out where things are supposed to be. Right, that's, right, that's right. my job. And then he'll come in and he will actually fill everything in and fine tune the colors and all of that stuff. Yeah. And that together has been something, because I've been doing music for you know six or seven years and, and I've learned a lot, but he has so much more experience that would take me even more years to do that it's nice that we're coming together and creating this album because yeah. it's, it's really the blending of both sides. That's, that's dope, man. When's this thing drop, dude? When's this album coming out? I don't know, man. Soon. Soon, bro. No, Soon. Uh, we're, we're thinking January. I got another uh, friend of mine coming out. He's been a musician for a long time. Um, he's toured a little bit through the mainland, and he is currently in a couple bands and has a audio production business. Oh, nice. So he's coming out to help me finish for a week. Um, we're going to rent a studio space and like get everything kind of sorted out, and then after that, we should be pretty close to the end. Is but, he going to be on the album any? Um, like I don't know yet. Or yeah, yeah. I I definitely know his production will. So yeah. he, I mean, he plays every instrument there is. Oh, He's nice. Awesome. So I know a lot of his production will for like the live instrumentation. Um, I don't know about vocals yet. We'll have to kind of figure how that all plays out. But I gotta meet this guy, dude. It's gonna be cool, man. Yeah, guaranteed. I'll try to see if we can do. May stop by, or you can stop by the studio while we're recording. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be super fun. There. Um, so far, we have uh, two features that are verses and two features for the chorus. So there's about four other uh, vocal, I guess, sources on this album outside of myself. Yeah. And then about uh, three different producers. Does Ozzy, is he doing any uh, vocals, Ozzy? Uh, we'll see. I don't, not yet. Not as of yet, but he was kind of been thinking about it, so you never know, right? Nice. I'm going to poke him a little in the right direction. Yeah, let's see, let's see what happens. Time I see him. But it's going to be good, man. I, I uh, you know, you'll definitely have a piece on the album too, so it'll be interesting. What's that mean? We'll let we'll let these guys know. We oh have, yeah, we have yeah, an interesting yeah. idea for you too. You know? I'm game, bro. I know. I told Andrew a couple weeks ago. I'm like, hey, what is it called when you write a bunch of rap lyrics for me and then I <laughs> rap it? He's like, ghostwriter. I'm like, be my ghostwriter. So we'll <laughs> see, man. Maybe you drop the hottest verse of 2019. You never know. Yeah, that'd be dope, dude. I'm I'm gonna be the new joiner, Lucas. <laughs> Everyone's gonna be like, dude, who is this guy, bro? What do you think about the uh, Joyner Lucas Tory Lanez beef? Oh, I know nothing. Tell me about it. I know nothing. I would love well, to hear this. So it all started with something called Instagram Live. Okay, so Joyner Lucas is asleep, and Tory Lanez and Trippy Red are. <laughs> these do you know these guys? Rap? No. <laughs> all three rappers, you, you know, right? Basically, yeah. uh, Tory Lanez, Trippy Red are more trap. And Jonah Lucas is definitely more um, old school lyricism, right? Yeah. So basically, Trippy Red and Tory Lanez get on Instagram Live and they call because you know how you can invite people, right? You oh yeah, people yeah. You can have people Live. join you, yeah. Yeah. So they invite him and they're like, "Oh, he's too scared to talk to us." They're just like trying to get his goat, right? A little bit. Are they friends or no? They're just no, like kind of just don't know randomly reaching out to this guy. Yeah, just because just like kind of to start a beef, right? Because everyone that's that's a lot of hip hop too is like, "Oh, I'm better than you. I'm better than you." Kind yeah. Of stuff, right. So they did that, and then, uh, man, what ensued was a series of three incredible diss tracks just back and Wait, forth. Wait, did he join the Instagram live? No, he didn't. He was asleep. So oh, didn't know. okay. But then everyone was telling him and they were like, hey, did you see this happen? He woke up to his name in the news essentially and he's like, I'm going to I'm gonna make a diss track about it. And so he did and it was just flames, dude. Oh, for, dude, Fire. I got to hear this. Yeah. Is this how recent are we talking this, this uh, news? Within the mat last month, man. Oh, it's dang, dude. Close, okay. Yeah. It is very, very good. It's, uh, I'll, let me see if I can find a couple snippets of it. So he drops a diss track on these two guys. And mm -hmm, then mm -hmm. I'm assuming they respond. They do, yeah. Well, Trippy Red doesn't, but Tory Lanez does because his uh, the diss track was more directed against him. Okay, because um, was he kind of the initiator, like kind of the? It, it he was the initiator, and he's also a little bit more of the popular one. Um, I'll, I'll hit you. It's, it's three minutes long. We'll just play the first like thirty seconds. Yeah, you yeah, can, yeah. You can see. What's up with you R and B niggas trying to turn rappers and trappers? <laughs> you should just stay in your lane, bro. You sound like a rapper to rapper. Yeah. I'm looking down on you when you talk to me. You should grab you a ladder. You swung at me, only jabbed in my bladder. Watch you disappear like you abracadabra. 
It's a grabby a dagger. You got some hits, but you lacking a swagger. Yeah. I'm still the shit, bitch, so that doesn't matter. Don't call me a kid, I'm your pappy and dada. You get splatted and flattered. You and Trippy better have you some backup. Uh, uh, Ren and Stimpy looking aggy and staggered. And when I kill a nigga, matter don't matter. Time to get litty, bitch. Fuck and it just gets nuts. That's crazy, dude. And the thing that's even better is that this freestyle is over a Tory Lane's beat. Oh, is so it this really? is actually his song. Oh, that's so funny, dude. And so then, of course, Tory Lane's had to respond. All right, let's hear the 30 seconds of the response. It, and I'll tell you who I picked. And this is off of the uh, Lucky You. Oh, so this Eminem is Eminem one. Now. Yeah, so this they're using each other's Georgia. beats. Yeah, it. I gotta tell you, man, it's it's incredible. And and both these guys really have nothing to do with each other. You know, they've never worked together. They're not in the same circles. Not in the same type of rap. You, um, you think it's real beef? No, definitely not. Oh, so no, you I think, think it's all stage. I think they're messing around. Yeah. Ah. Um, but yeah, so listen to how. Because have you ever heard Tory Lane's stuff? No, no. So let me to set the stage, and uh, probably a lot of other people haven't too. Uh, this is his style. Up just ten seconds of this. Dance, pop, trap, kind of style, sing song. It's pretty cool, right? Trap beats again. Yeah. And it's kind of... Oh, okay. Okay, so he's a singer. Yeah. It's kind of like a... Kind of similar to Drake, but definitely more sing-songish, okay? Yeah. So people know him for that. But then this is what he comes out with. Oh, wrong one. This one. Flows. I can go silly with those. I got a pocket rocket down a cocky chop and pop a nigga that really impose. Niggas is with me as villains and hoodies that lost all they good and they feelings on road. It's so appealing to feeling the killing a nigga that pose. Get milly vanilla with those. Turn a beef plate to a cheese steak. Bitch, I be really get filly with those. Neck rocky as a blizzard. A nigga flex gotten big and my wrist is so chilly it froze. Really I'm colder than ever. My niggas going for whatever. Niggas gripped up, fifth tucked in the snow. And it's just like ridiculous. Just going off on Yeah. Because that's the thing is that. A lot of what he, uh, Joyner Lucas said in the diss track to Tory Lanez was like, oh, well, you know, you can't rap like this. Like, you're not a real rapper. You're just, like, singing kind of stuff. And so he responded and he showed he could. Yeah. So I don't know. What do you think? What are you, what are you feeling? And then subsequently, there's been a few more tracks that came out, um, each of varying levels of... I think I'm a little biased because I like Joyner, Joyner Lucas a lot and I've never heard of these other guys. Sure, sure, sure. So I'm probably just going to side with him. I and I lean to. more towards that old school kind of... Style. I guess I don't even know if it's called old school anymore, but when I think of old school, I think of like rappers delight, you know, kind of like oh, yeah, yeah. Run DMC like kind of stuff. But yeah, it's definitely more my style. Okay. okay. Um. I, wh- what about you? Tell me. Tell me what you're. Man, I don't know. I, I. You live for this stuff. I would have to say Tory Lanez, honestly. I oh, think nice. he's more versatile, and yeah, I, don't, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't necessarily say he won this, but I think he's got more of the ability than Jordan Lucas does. Yeah. Maybe Jordan Lucas just doesn't show us that side. Yeah, you know, yeah, true. Could be a part of it too. Which is there's a certain something to be said for that too, right? Yeah, absolutely. Someone that you never see in this like vulnerable kind of like whatever state, you think they're like almost untouchable sometimes because they never show a sign of weakness. Yeah. Interesting. So we'll see, man. We'll see. What um tell me dude, what goes into a diss track? Cuz this is relatively new, right? Yeah, yeah. Like how long have diss tracks you think like like what's the is there like one diss track you can say that came out and that was like, "Yo, that started it." Like, cause there was like beef between the beef that I think about what rappers was like Tupac and Biggie, mm-hmm. but they didn't necessarily do like, I mean, they did like rapped about each other a little bit, but not like this. Like what started in your opinion or like, you, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, I think that there's a lot of, there's a lot to be said with modern day distracts and they've, and they've definitely taken it to the level of what we kind of know of now. But if you think about the very first one, um, I would say with NWA, mm, right? Okay. I'd say the NWA diss track, um, or against them, right? Ice Cube, I believe, uh, was the one that kind of started the whole thing. And he was like, you know, I'm going to go on my own. I'm going to talk about this stuff, and I'm going to diss my old crew. Yeah. I would say that started at 100%. Yeah, yeah, but for sure. Yeah, you don't really see that. Like, So there's two types of things, okay? So there's diss tracks, and there's subliminals. Mm. So usually subliminals are shots in an album or in a song that are not necessarily directly related to the person they don't say him by name it's yeah. not labeled as a diss track but everybody knows right and right, so right. there's been a lot of that like that would say be more the tupac biggie style yeah would be subliminals like right right you know you're not talking about this guy but everyone knows you're talking about him right sort of thing and then the, the outside diss tracks i mean another hugely famous one was the drake and meek mill yeah like, yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. was great that was amazing and then in modern times, I'd say Drake was involved in a lot of it. Drake and McMill, and then Drake and Pusha T, 
and then now people Jordan's... love just getting on Drake, bro. Oh, people yeah. just there's something about him, dude, that makes him an easy target. I don't even think that it's an easy target. I think it's frustratingly simple. Oh his success. yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see what you're saying. Right? People are people are upset that they maybe they feel that they have more skill because that's really what it comes from. You know, if you see. 90% of disses come from one thing, and 10% of disses come from another. The 90% is if you see that someone is not good, they're not good for you, they're not good enough, they're not whatever, then you're going to diss them because you're going to be like, oh, this guy's getting more success and they're not even that great. Right, right, right. That's 90%. Yeah. The 10% is when you're minding your own business. As you know, you know, recent situations have happened to me. Right, right, you're right. Minding that's your own true, business. That's true. I think that's where you're headed. You I wasn't have, gonna bring it up, but, but I mean, you know, this is that's up to you. We'll see. We'll figure it out. But then someone shouts your name out, yeah, and, and they're trying to kind of get, uh, get a little bit of, not necessarily popularity, because I wouldn't say I'm popular. Yeah, you know, but get a little bit of laughs in, a little bit of jokes, because they know that it's your name that they're bringing. Right, right. They know the that it will solicit more of a reaction, possibly. Yeah. With. That than, than and that's Toronto. that's the Joyner Lucas right Tory Lanez I don't think ever feels like he's better or worse than Joyner Lucas but he called him out because he knew it would bring some clout up yeah right Joyner Lucas has been popping he did his stuff with the uh, that that music video pretty controversial music video and then he did the stuff with Eminem yeah he's kind of been taking he even had a rap beef with Logic for a little bit I like Logic we had a couple I feel like you're a big Logic fan yeah you know he's. I like him. I think that he's getting really, really mainstream, mm. but I do still like him, and I do still think he's very genuine to his craft. He was super underground for, like, kind of a while, right? Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, I think with the, like, onset of social media and stuff, that probably ups that whole diss track game, you know, because you can easily blast someone on Instagram is what started this thing, right? I yeah. mean, Absol- Biggie Instagram's and Tupac way. weren't on Instagram. You know what I'm saying? So like sure. that definitely adds something to that. No, I agree. I think that it's it's never been easier to say something and have people instantly hear it. Yeah. Right? Like if you if you don't like someone, you could say it to a friend back 10, 15 years ago and it would maybe spread that way, right? Friend to a friend of a friend. Right, but right. A lot of times it would get distorted and it would kind of change and who knows, right? But now you can say something on live or on a story and it just comes out. It's true. It happens, man. It's true. And then I think the other thing is something can go viral like that. Yeah. Right? You could put something on the internet and wake up tomorrow and there's a million hits. Yeah. So it's like that changes so much stuff too. 100%, bro. 100%. That's why it's important to – it's important to be ready. You know, it's, I got a good team. One of my, one of my lyrics, right, uh, It's and other people have said it too, is circle so small it's a period. Right? Ah. You got to keep your friends close because – that stuff happens at a moment's notice. Yeah. And if you don't have people on your side, then it's, you know, it's a little different story. But if you do, there's a response there. You know? I heard an interesting, um, sorry, speaking of like wise sayings, right? The circle is so small to period. Um, have you ever heard, this is sort of along the same vein. Have you ever heard of the saying, um, don't argue with ignorant people because they'll just bring you down to their level and win with experience. Okay. And I think it just goes to that same idea, like, um, it just depends on who you surround yourself with, right? I mean, if you, um, yeah, it, it, it's like, don't fight these frivolous battles sometimes with, like, people that are just closed-minded and maybe ignorant, because it's just never going to work out. Like, there's really nothing good that, that can come from it. Sure. Um, it's better to kind of just know your audience and know the friends that you have around have around you. I don't know why I'm going on into that, but interesting. So how are your friends? How are my friends? Yeah, tell me a little bit about your friendship experience. <laughs> I don't know my friend. What is my friendship experience like? Um, yeah, I don't know. It's a good question. I would say similar. I have a pretty small circle of friends, but I think my personality though is very like I have a lot of friends, but like I have a very small group of like real friends. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm a pretty friendly guy. I was like that guy in high school, if you will, that just got along with everyone. Like I was. Friends with every like group, the the nerds, the jocks, the you know like even I I, I wasn't in band, but I had a lot of friends that were in band, like okay. that type of person. I just I don't know. Are, have you seen yourself um, kind of grow through friendships, or do you have like once you get a friend, kind of you keep it that way, or like you know some people they they have a friend through all through high school and college, 
then maybe they move away. And then they keep a friend through maybe 25 to 35, and then they're married, maybe have a kid, right, kind of like yourself, and then they right, have a different right. the married group. Like, do you see yourself in that category where you grow with different sets or you always have day ones? Ah, oh, that's, a, that's a great question. I would say definitely a mix of both. There's definitely friends that I have that are like, like I definitely have friends that I can call up right now that I don't even know what stage of life they're in, but you just pick up exactly where you left off and it's like sure. no questions asked. Um, those I have friends like that and then I think as you get older and as you maybe get a different job right or, or like get a different um, whatever maybe get married you're gonna experience like different friends yeah um, and then those those people it's similar interests right you, you just surround yourself generally people surround themselves with those of like interest and that's usually those that become your friends okay can you think of like qualities that you like I like these guys or I like this type of group of friends because they do this like for me 100% loyalty that's huge right it's like I I don't care if you are you know kind of annoying or like you know people have idiosyncrasies yeah yeah but if you're loyal then 100% how come when you like that was your immediate like I don't care if you're annoying and then just the way you looked at me you know, I mean, that's, that's speaking a deeper truth. I don't care if you're always asking me to be on a podcast. But if, you know, if we're cool together, then, you know, 100% right, right, right. I'll do it. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, yeah. No, no, that's, I'm asking you. Like, what do you think? What are, you, what are your qualities? You qualities in a friend? And you're like, you only like said that. one, though. You said loyalty. I'd probably say there's, okay, if I was just to pick one, then. Yeah, just pick one. I would say, um, it's kind of like two parts, sort of, but someone that's genuine and, like, Vulnerable, if that makes sense. Okay. So I really, I, I have a high value for someone that is like very genuine. They're not just saying something to your face and then it's different somewhere else. But someone that is just very like they mean what they say and they care about what they say and and they're and I think that commu- communicates like vulnerability as well. I like that. I think that's very. I think that's good, right? Because then you, no doubt, are someone that that other people can see and they say, "Oh, this guy doesn't judge," right? Like you th- some qualities go really well together. I feel like. And so I think that's a good one. I've, I've been asking a lot of people that lately because that's actually uh, some of the music that I'm writing now kind of addresses friendships and, and the transformation, right? I, I noticed some, some friendships progress to a certain point and then they kind of hang there. And it's not necessarily a bad thing, but that's just where it is. And then some friendships grow and change together. And so it's, I wonder if it's just because that's what people value, right? People value different things, right? You think you're like when you're younger, it didn't matter. Like if you, when you were a kid, if someone had a football, they were your friend. Yeah. If I, someone had played the video game with you, they were your best friend, right? And then things started to change. Like it's, I feel like it's so much harder to make friends. And maybe it's because people get older and they get busier, but I think it's harder to make friends that are, that are lasting. You meet a ton of acquaintances, yeah. right? You know, I heard something interesting the other day, like just along that same line, like kids are everything to everyone, right? Like when you're a kid, you were funny, right? You like to have fun. Um, you were kind. You shared. Like gen- like essentially k- kids are everything, right? So your yeah. friend is every, is every type of like quality that you want. Like kids are just very – they're learning the world. They're discovering like all these like different traits and they're kind of like – all of them, sort of, if that makes any sense. Sure. You get sure. what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. Um, when we get older, we start to realize that we either ourselves or others are not everything. Right? So someone might be um, generous, but they may be um, uh, obnoxious. Mm-hmm. Right? Maybe they're generous and they give willingly, but maybe they're always telling you about everything they give you. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes uh, sense. So I think what happens is we sometimes will – we still seek, at least, at least I do. Maybe it's just my own flaw, but we still seek to be around people that give us everything. And then we realize that adults can't do that anymore. And then I feel like we we then experience a lot of potentially either broken relationships or not many friends because it's almost like this unrealistic expectation of what um, we want from from a friend. And I think that's part of the problem is we see friendships as what can I receive from that friend. Versus, like, what can I, like, give and bring to the table? Um, am I making any sense? Yeah, I think that's a very interesting perspective. I like that a lot. I think – I don't know. I don't, I don't know how, if I agree with the, like, we can't be everything because I think that we – I think we still can. I think that, like – I'm not saying, like, yeah, we can always be available. We can always be giving things. We can always – everything at one time. But, like, a kid is also not everything at one time, right? Like, two, yeah. two other kids – they're friendly and they're playing video games. 
a respectable kid maybe to other parents is very polite and like thank you for doing this right very friendly polite but these things exist at certain points i think that maybe as we're older just personally right yeah yeah, yeah. I, i think that maybe as we're older we just lose some of the things that we don't do as much right someone that doesn't uh maybe someone that has a lot right is loses the sense of being polite because they start to realize that they have a lot maybe someone that is doesn't have a lot starts to lose the sense of sharing because they don't have a lot right so maybe like reality sets in in the sense of like oh man this is how the world works and then that's what makes you lose these things because when you're a kid you're not paying bills you're not stressed about oh man I gotta finish that final right oh I gotta finish this record and you know meet some producer deadlines stuff like that right but when you're you grow up you have these added stresses and then that takes away from the things that you can give would you would you say what you're saying is something like this as a kid we have no experiences we're developing those experiences and what I find like with adults a lot and I don't want to generalize all adults or whatever but this is something I'm I guard myself against is we take the experiences that we've experienced and make that the rule so then when we encounter others that that maybe want to know we are just saying well this is my experience therefore that's right and then that creates friction versus a kid they don't even have that experience to like say that this is how I experience it. This is how it should be. I don't know. I, I and I'm making like a sweeping generality, but I'm just kind of talking about the concept or the principle of it. No, that makes a lot of sense. I don't really know though because. You, well, did like you go it, to public school? Yeah, yeah. Like if I ask you, um, hey, uh, I just moved into a new apartment. I've never had to pay rent before. Um, tell me how do I pay rent? You're only gonna be able to really. Well, not only, but most likely you'll tell me about your experience of how you would pay rent. Oh, Nick, you got to find the address. you got to write a check and send it to like this address, and that's how you pay your rent. And it's just solely based off of the experience that you've had. Versus a kid, there's no like expectation because they've never lived that experience yet. Mm. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And that does create a different type of interaction and friendship. Okay. And it, yeah, it sounds like one is that. one is worse than the other, and I guess I don't want to paint that picture. Sure. That sure. like the the one is worse than the other. I think I'm just trying to like, and I'm just talking out loud. Like, yeah, we're just exploring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that accounts though for, as adults, it becomes harder to make friends maybe because everyone has these like different set of experiences, and that's what they're living by, like that experience. But don't you think that you have those experiences when you're younger too, and you just maybe brush them off more, like? I, if you think of the rent thing, right? Like, yeah, I get, maybe you're not paying rent as a kid, 100%. But I think it's hard-pressed to find a parent out there that will not give the lesson to their child. If you want something, you work for it, right? And so it's the sense of like, all right, I'm saving. Like, I want a video game, right? Okay, I save and I do this many this work, right? If you think of like work, yeah. it's basically you show up at a place all day and then you come home and you sometimes still have to do stuff. That's kind of how school is as well, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you think of, okay, how do I generate money? then you're generating money by all the stuff that you do on the side. And then, like, if you have problems with, like, other kids, like, let's say a kid's mean to you, right? He's a bully. Like, and you have a bully through a a whole grade. You're going to remember that that's a bully. But you're not going to go into life next year being like, oh, well, I just know everyone's going to bully me, right? That's exactly my point, I think. You ever, when you were a kid, ride a bike and make a ramp and jump the ramp off the – or ride the bike off the ramp? I feel like every kid did this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you ever eat it and crash? Yeah. Did you go do the, the ramp again? Yeah. But as adults, when we experience like the negative, it then makes us say and really question, should I do that again? Most kids just go for it again. They're not thinking about the time before and the negative experience. And I don't know what the threshold is of where you start sure. actually thinking about the consequence. I don't know what age that would be. But, you know, as a kid, like, you're not really thinking about the consequence. Maybe you have that underdeveloped uh, frontal lobe. <laughs> Maybe it's when you first realize that you have something to lose. Because as a kid, right, if you spend all your money, you're not going to go homeless. You're right. not going to go whatever, right? The rap thing. Like, you know, we all remember when we were younger and, like, we would be better by the next day. Or, like, you know, you, you fell on a skateboard. Like, I was – the reason I took a second to pause is because I had a longboard. Because so I was thinking, like, some longboard wipeouts, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, yeah, when I was, like, 16, 14, 15, that age – 100% like by the next week I was already fine you know but like now it obviously takes our bodies longer to heal too you know stuff like that so maybe once you're 
that fear of actually losing something is what really spurs us to be afraid of trying stuff. And that's hard because, like, I don't – I guess my whole point of kind of asking this question and, and this uh, conversation is, like, again, relating back to music, I don't want to – or maybe it's not yet that I don't want to. I think right now I'm really excited because I don't have anything to lose. Hmm. I'm making music. I don't have a lot of fans right now, right? I have some. Um, we just reached, like, you know – Hundred thousand plays or something like that. So it was, it was oh, dang, okay. dude, I didn't know that. Yeah, Congrats. It's, it's all right. Thank you, thank you. But like, Does SoundCloud send you a play button? No, <laughs> I wish, man. That's like I think it's like a million. You get something. Dang. But either way, um, I don't I don't have a lot to lose, right? This is not my career yet, but I want it to be. So I want to have a firm foundation. Excuse me, a firm foundation and get a lot of good music out there before I'm worried about losing it. Or losing something because right, a lot right, of right. artists change because of that right yeah like they change because oh well you know i'm famous now and people are liking this style i have to do this style otherwise no one's gonna want to hear me yeah but the thing that made them popular is their unique take on something that had never been done before yeah that's true and that's so true. popping in back to the painting you know like it's crazy because this guy was studying under this famous painter and he probably saw that that painter was making a lot of money right like you said he was the guy he was studying under was pretty famous he was making yeah. money off of it so he wasn't worried about that he's like i can study under the best and i know that i'm gonna have some really really good um painting my of my own that is going to be popular because this is popular yeah and it's crazy it's like well what's interesting how do you too, get to that interesting about that painting guy he didn't become famous in the world of like painters, he's not like a known household name. Okay. I think he's you know probably like people would definitely pay tons of more than I can afford for. You can't just walk in goodwill and get one of his oil <laughs> paintings. Sure. You know, but I think it yeah it's just interesting. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on here. This no, no, I want to. We got some closing <laughs> thoughts. I want to throw some closing thoughts out here. All right, let's go. Um, that's good stuff, man. I appreciate. I always appreciate the conversation, man. And I never know where it's gonna go, but it's good stuff. But I just want to close with this. I want to close with one story real quick. Amazon. Let's talk about Amazon. I'm just going to give a really fast <laughs> snapshot of what happened to me, and I just want to hear your thoughts real fast. Okay, go. On Thanksgiving Day, me and my friend Jeff were planning like to get a bunch of people together, including you, to play football at the park. Right. And we've done it like seven, eight years in a row. Right. And we turkey call Bowl. Turkey Bowl. We call it Turkey Bowl. That's what everyone probably calls their Thanksgiving football day. But uh, I, we knew we were going to have a lot of people. We didn't know how many. but So like a week before, we realized, shoot, there might be like – 20 to 30 people there. We don't have enough flags. So I go online, Amazon, of course, and I order $100 worth of flag footballs. So I get two sets. Um, and it's $25 extra for the shipping because I needed it before that Thursday. Do you have them? Do you remember which ones they are? I just want to look them up. Yeah. Um, so You just typed in, like, flags. Like yeah, that. I just typed in, like, flag footballs. And so I order them, and I pay the expedited shipping, and it says it's going to get here Monday, um, the day before, or Monday, the that Monday before Thanksgiving. Oh, these are nice. Yeah, they're nice. Came really with cones nice. and everything, and even like mesh bags and stuff. They're like really high quality. Yeah, okay, okay. And I ordered two sets of them. 32 bucks. That's not too bad. Yeah. Okay. Don't buy any. If you want them, I... I oh, no, no. Spoiler alert, but I got them if you want them. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just looking at them. They're nice. Yeah, they're super cool. We're going to play So how'd again. you get them? What happened? Tell me the story. Yeah, so I ordered them. They're supposed to be there Monday. Come Tuesday, I'm like, man, they're still not here yet. They were supposed to be here yesterday. I paid for the extra money. That uh, extra so, shipping. Yeah, extra money for the, for the faster shipping. Yeah. yeah. So Tuesday's coming. They're not there. I think, whatever. We live in Hawaii. Everything's late. Always. So Wednesday comes along, and I'm sweating bullets now. We're one day before, and Jeff is texting me, and he's like, dude, where are the flags? And I'm like, man, I don't know. They're supposed to be here. Maybe they're going to come today. So I uh, look at the tracking numbers or whatever. And by the way, every time you get the tracking number sent to you, don't you click them right away? Yeah. When it's like you're you expecting <laughs> it to just be like, oh man, it's already delivered right now. You <laughs> yeah. just press buy. When all they really said is like, here's your numbers for when it ships. Dude, anyway. Amazon Locker. Oh, dude, that? yeah. My brother has those where he lives, and they're it's awesome. really nice because yeah. it is like same day, right? Yeah, so and a lot of times that's easy to return it as well. If you don't want something, just throw it in the locker. They pick it up and refund you. See, that's nice. So nice. Anyway, sorry. We'll never get that here. Don't worry. Yeah, right. So <laughs> I look at the, the shipping, and it says delivered Monday, which was two days ago at the time, at 6.55 p.m. 
and I wasn't home. I was at a movie, and there was a two-hour window where this package could have got delivered, and I wasn't there. What'd you watch? We saw the new Harry Potter movie, oh. The Crimes of Grindelwald. Okay. So good. Don't even get me started. Don't even get me Don't on this Harry Potter tangent, dog. All right, all right, all right. So uh, I checked the, the tracking or whatever. It says it got delivered. My mother-in-law was visiting at the time, so she was home. I contact her. She said she never saw it. She's like, I would have gave it to you if I knew it was there. Mm-hmm. like, of course, that's how it works. Like, yeah, any, just anyway. wondering. Sure. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Um, I didn't think you w- didn't give it to me. <laughs> she was hiding it from you. Yeah. She didn't want you to play football injury right. yourself. So uh, it said, uh, signed for and released by driver. That, okay. That's what it said on there. So I'm like, I guess the driver signs it and puts it on my step. And I've never had an issue ever with okay. Amazon. And I, I get tons yeah, of packages. Yeah, me They're right? awesome. You order Amazon all the time. Yeah. I'm always ordering Amazon stuff. Yeah, all the all my music equipment, all from Amazon. There it is. 100%. There. And that stuff's expensive. Hey, man. Amazon, you want to sponsor me or Andrew, let us know. We're down. Yeah, we're, we're clearly ready Yeah. for your fantastic shipping and wonderful customer service. Yeah, so like uh, I tell Jeff, I don't know what happened. Maybe Melissa can find the package when she gets home because when I look for something, apparently I man look for things and she comes home and finds it right in front of my face what's a man look it's where you just glance and don't really actually zero in on different things you just kind of like give a sweeping glance at where something is and don't find it and then you need your wife or someone to come along and actually find it for you uh okay you man look all the time uh i man listen (laughs) yeah okay i don't even know what you just said so (laughs) (laughs) okay so i got you i got you so she comes home can't find it I tell Jeff, I'm so sorry. We're not going to have him. we got to play two-hand touch or something. He's like, dude, I bet you you're going to get it. You're going to get it. I'm like, whatever. So Thursday comes. We play football. It was a blast. Friday morning, I wake up. How would you do? I, I remember we were on uh, different teams in the league. Okay. I threw an interception uh, on, like, the one-yard line, and we pretty much lost because, yeah. That's all right. Thanks, man, for bringing We, we got next That's, year. Is that what you're trying to bring up? We got next year. Wait, we're on the same team, dude. <laughs> I know. Two of my touchdowns came from you, so that's oh, that's right. Yeah, right. yeah, I did throw two bombs. I'm more focused okay. on the negative. Yeah, see, come on, the positive, man. Positive. Don't let life bring you down. It was fun though. We got to play again, especially since awesome. I got these flags now. So nice. I email them on Thursday and tell them, "Hey, I don't know what happened. It got stolen." And they're like, "I'm like, can I get my money back?" And they said, "It looks like it was signed for." What's up? I tell them, "It says signed for by driver, not me." So anyway, they refund me all the money. I get it back pretty much immediately. Got my ninety-two dollars back. Why was it 92? Oh, you bought two sets. Two and sets the and the shipping. Uh, it's expensive. Yeah. And I'm walking my dog Friday morning, and my house number is 3233. I'm way up the street, and I see this Amazon package that says Prime on it, and I think, I just feel like that's mine. But I'm like, people get packages delivered all the time. I don't think anything of it. I keep walking by, and then I see the sign of the uh, street address, 3333. And I think, dude, it's one digit off. Yeah, and guaranteed. And it kind of look like a three, I, I guess. Um, so I go back and boom, that's my package. And it says my name on it. Uh, but it's in this fenced area and I can't really get in the area without like going through the lady's fence. So even if I was going to her house and knock on the door, um, I would like pass the package and I already got my money back. Like why say anything? I'm sure they'll just eventually give it to me or why take it? Not why say anything. Like why steal the package? Because then I got a trespass to take my own package back. Yeah. And I figured I already got my money back, whatever. So I go home and I'm just thinking about it, thinking about my flags just sitting there for five days. Somehow this lady never realized it. How come you didn't buy the flags again when you got your money back? Just to have them? Oh, because I needed them for that day. And, and, then I, you were just and done. it was only one day, right? Yeah. I, it, Thursday I requested to get my money back and whatever. And yeah, I don't know why I just didn't buy them right away. That's fine. Huh. When? Because when did you get your money back? Yeah, like, no, nah, I guess I didn't get it back. It probably took two or three days to get my money uh, back. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah, because... That's hard. Refund. Sure, sure, sure. And I wasn't sure I wanted to buy them from that, again, because of the issue. Yeah. Anyway. So I go home. I think about it, think about it. I go back up the street. I know the neighbor there. I knock on her door. She tells me the lady is really old and goes through the garage and never would have seen this package. She Uh, walks out there with me, lets me take the package, and is going to talk to the lady for me. So now I found the flags, got it all back, and the customer service for Amazon was impeccable. They gave me my money back immediately, totally understood it and everything. So now I'm in the conundrum. i got to contact them again and say, I got them. Sure. Just because I feel like – but I don't know how they're going to charge me for them or if they're just going to let me keep them. I have no idea. I'll let you guys know what happens. But really, I just want to speak to this idea really fast of 
Amazon's amazing. Yeah. You can get anything. It's not their fault the driver misdelivered it to the wrong house number. And they've returned all the – because the seller of these flags was not Amazon. It's a third party. They got their money. Amazon's eating the cost. I'm pretty sure that's how it works to just take care of their customers. Oh, yeah. That's phenomenal. That yeah, is I don't know. I just had, it was a good experience. I mean, I got the flags back, but no, I've it never, sucked it got misdelivered. I've never had a bad experience with Amazon. And, and I think that's one of the reasons why they're so successful is because maybe they're taking away – that like stress of shipping something to you because you remember like back in the day like when you were a kid and you wanted something you'd be like oh I want to you know get this really cool comic or I want to get this whatever and you just couldn't do it right now you can yeah now you can get anything and you can get it quick and who knows what happens like maybe you don't get it like your experience and boom the money's back like Amazon is making everything better dude it's got to be killing small businesses oh yeah I feel like it, it has to be in some way, but it was awesome, I, and the football was fun too. So we got to play again now that I got the flags. Oh, absolutely, guaranteed. We're gonna have a great time, and, and I'm excited for next year. Yeah, next year well, I'll bring some people over. You know, see it's, gonna dope, yeah. it's gonna be dope, dude. It's gonna be dope. Have a good um, time. Well, hey, dude, thanks for being on the podcast. I've been asking you to be on it for a while, and finally making it happen. Absolutely, I know we're gonna do another one in the works with like focused on music. So I'm excited. Uh, I hope your listeners keep an eye out for that one too, because it's gonna be a lot more based off of kind of the project and you know we can build up a little bit of momentum till we get there so i appreciate it man every Dope, time dude well hey where can they hit you up like if they want to listen to some of your stuff where should uh they check it out absolutely so uh soundcloud parentheses official just search that uh, my social media handle uh, you can find it through you when you release it you put it in there uh xavier barrio look it up on instagram um and I'm, my link's in the bio as well so check it out Click like, subscribe, it really helps. Absolutely. <laughs> well, hey guys, you know you can find me on iTunes as well as SoundCloud. Um, this is Nick Wookie Project, and thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you guys later. Let's get it. Let's go.